This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Previously on Homestale Radio. The worst start to a show ever, like ever, in the history of our show is 80% your son crying. And it's, it's made me really uh, angry and upset to the point where, you know, I don't really want to do the show. So I sit in a quiet room for a while, where there isn't a baby crying. Uh, eight three one triple three. Eight three. Yeah, no bread. Chicken, no bread. Chicken tikka. Oh really? Oh, with all placing your orders. I do barge, please. That's all I want. I don't want anything else. Just, just so you barge. know. Just so you know, Joe. If I hear you eating this during the show, <laughs> I am going to sack you. I'm okay. really close to sacking people. All right. I'm really close Good. today. Good. Okay. All right. Colbert, please, and no more f***ing dead at Masala. Yeah. <laughs> Jill, there's a mute button, mate. I did. One minute to the show and you're talking screaming about Masala. I really hope that that was going out. I really hope that Mike has clicked early like he often does. Can I um, quickly say hello to someone? He just texts me all the time. He's nice points or and he listens all the time to us. And uh, he'd appreciate the shout out. Thank you. Can I, can I then do that as well and just say thanks to the um, plumber guys at PTS in Wallington? They're oh. all Palace fans. And I said I'd mention them if I got on. I'd like to make a shout out for Glenn, Glenn Murray. <laughs> I knew you <laughs> say that. For all our contact information and to send us an email, visit holradio.net forward slash contact. <laughs> that was a very long intro. <laughs> Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Homestay Radio. My name is Chris Ambling, and I'm your host tonight as we look back at an eventful week that sees the Eagles sitting pretty at ninth in the league. In a change to the advertised lineup tonight, I'm assisted by Alex White. Hello. Alex Penge. Hello. And Patrick O'Connor. Did Patrick make it? He hasn't made it back yet. He'll be here soon. 
<laughs> don't know what happened there. Um, we'll be taking a look back at the midweek cup defeat to Newcastle as pa- the Palace second string side can count themselves very unlucky not to be in the next round. Promising display gave us plenty to talk about in terms of tactics and performances. We're trying to draw some conclusion from Neil Walk's first, Warnock's first defeat back in the hot seat. Uh, we'll then be revisiting yesterday's 2-0 victory at Sellers Park against Nigel Pearson's Leicester. The Foxes were on a high as taking down Louis van Gaal's Man United side the previous week, but proved little threat to a confident and effective Palace side brushed them aside, courtesy of goals from Campbell and Yedinak. Uh, we'll analyse the key moments, talk about the lineup and tactics and get a range of opinions from the presenting team. We also want to get your views um, as, we, as always, so get in touch, Twitter at HOL Radio, Facebook is facebook.com forward slash HOL Radio We can email us using us our contact form, wholeradio.net forward slash contact. Uh, no Nick for the chat room today, but HOLradio.net forward slash chat will hopefully have a few people in there talking about the show and many other things whilst we're on air. But as always we we'll begin with news in brief. All the latest news from around Selhurst Park. This is news in brief. Palace's development side saw their three-game winning streak come to an end at the hands of Crew Alexandra at Tooting and Mitchum's K&K Stadium. After falling behind early on, Gary Izzard's side drew level thanks to Ryan Innes' header. But the visitors took the lead once again on the hour mark, and this time there wasn't to be another Eagles equaliser despite their best efforts. Long-serving Eagles defender Paddy McCarthy signed a one-year contract extension with the club, tying up the Palace until the end of the season. Next season, the 31-year-old has made 150 appearances during his six years in Sellers Park and has battled from a troublesome groin injury to force his way back into the Neil Warnock's 25-man Premier League squad for the current campaign. The face of Crystal Palace was decided this week with the shock news that Booz McGee didn't get the job and instead it went to Chris Grierson or something. Hull's radio, Hull's radio's very own Alex White didn't make the cut. In spite of the clear fans' favourite by means of YouTube likes and general forum comments, a diplomatic Mr White gave his full support to Grierson saying I'm certainly going to back any man that is taking over, if I like them or not. News in brave. Get in touch with the show. All of our contact details can be found at holradio.net forward slash contact. Well, yeah. Um, Alex, it's, uh, yeah, very diplomatic of you in the um, in the news in brief there. Well done, mate. Thought you were uh, took it took it very well. <laughs> I did notice oh. that you you couldn't say the words whole radio too well. Do you think that sort of thing had any impact on the decision that was made? I don't want to give my opinion on why the decision was or wasn't made because Wang. we'd be here all night. But all right. We're going to be here quite a lot of the night anyway. <laughs> um, we have lost Patrick, but I've got him, um, strong authority that the internet is broken in New York, so that's why that is it's broken. The whole of New York? or Yeah, yeah, the whole of New York. It's, um, it's, it's a real problem. Um, it's not made the news yet, which is really odd, but the internet has broken in New York, and who knows who could be next. So we'll keep an eye on that breaking news throughout the course <laughs> of the not, show. We're not so continental anymore. No. Did you try and say the word continental? It's going well, <laughs> yes, isn't it? It's a struggle. <laughs> wow. Wow. All right, let's get straight into talking well. about yeah, let's get talking about the Newcastle game. Uh, it, it seems like an age away, of course, because we've had a, a game since then and a game that went very, very well indeed, winning against Leicester. But we did play midweek, um, and we we sent out a what I guess is a, is a second string team, um, and played really, really well against Newcastle. Obviously, they had a, a few sort of fringe players as well, but it was a very strong team that they put out. I thought, and uh, we we acquitted on ourselves pretty well, I think. Um, but but the, oh well, let's. I mean, the best place to start with that is where we usually start. It's the lineup, and if you look at 
everyone who sort of played it was um as a second string it does look pretty strong doesn't it guys i think um hennessy and goals is a difficult one i heard some sort of negativity towards him like just before and after the game but he's just not really played enough to have to have any kind of real opinion on that i don't think um but uh, yeah, so but beyond that, the fullback positions. First, look at Zeki Fries. What, what, what do you think, uh, Alex W? I can see why he hasn't played yet. I think he's certainly um, a few games, if not a season, away from from being ready. I think. I think confidence. He was just so low on confidence. It, it was quite scary at times. People would be running at him, and he just sort of didn't have a clue whether that's to do with his defending because I, I don't doubt his ability if you if you sign for Manchester United and Tottenham there's certainly something there um, it's just about getting that confidence out of him and that only goes with playing games so maybe uh, maybe I know he's in the 25 but at this point we need him playing games I don't think we can afford to start him ourselves so if we could get him out on loan for, for maybe a couple of months I think that would be fantastic it's a strange one isn't it like a lot of these players um, they're going to find themselves sometimes not making a match day squad but because of the way the 25-man squad squad works, we've we've got to have them there. Because you know, Joe Ward gets injured, or you know, we lose Martin Kelly. Maybe we start to look a little bit light. And a couple of injuries in that defence, and Fry is in the team. I think you're absolutely right. He's got to play regularly, and that's something he's not done in his career up to now. But it's it's difficult. Because Kelly's really come on nicely in the last sort of couple of games. You know, the game against Everton and and the game against Leicester. So, uh, but that's what you want. You want competition for places and, and people to have a battle on their hands to get back in the side. Um, what did you think, Alex, in general about that lineup, Alex Pench? Um, I, I don't think Colin Warnock. Uh, I don't think Neil Warnock could have done anything better, to be honest. Because um, you know, if you look at the side, I may, maybe could have probably started one of the youngsters. One of Gray or Kai Kai, you know, cause, but obviously it's a massive step up from under twenty one football to to Carlin Cup, uh, well, Capital One Cup football. Um, you know, I absolutely hated seeing Gale on the right hand side. I just thought he just he really didn't get involved in in the game at all, and he was just really, you know, he, he wasn't involved in the action. And with someone like Dwight Gale, you want him playing off a striker in the middle. Um, you know, I thought Doyle he started, and you know, he looked. He looked average. He held the ball up quite well. But I think I average wasn't... is a nice comment for his mm. performance. It's just it's strange because he's, he's he's quite young, isn't he? Twenty nine, thirty for someone who's been around for such a long time. But you know he's 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 so slow, and it's it's ridiculous how how you know how we have to how we have to see Gale on the right hand side rather than. Um, you know, seeing him in the middle because of someone mm. like Doyle, um, which well, is a shame, really. Yeah, I, I, obviously Doyle's always going to get a, um, a difficult time because he's the guy who came in and to you know, to let Murray go, and we don't want to talk too much about Murray, do we, this week, Alex? But um, I, I do think it, again Doyle's not not played a lot of games, and he's someone along with with AJ who hasn't had a preseason. Hmm. Um, so I, I don't want to judge players too harshly now in those positions. I'm so I, I think it's, it's hard to read too much into Doyle's yeah. performances at the moment. I think when he's come off the bench, he's actually looked half decent for us. He's done he's done a really good job when he's you know when he's done that part. I actually thought Johnson when he came on was actually probably better than Doyle. Uh, it just seemed to obviously he lifted the place that you know the crowd, but he also he had a little bit of class about him. AJ, not the AJ we mm. remember, obviously not not no, pace not. running in behind, but. But a very confident, very sort of yeah, sort of, it made it look pretty easy up there at times. I thought the way you know just got hold of the ball and it's back to goal as well, wouldn't he? I was quite I was quite intrigued yeah. about that because he's 
you know, your traditional number nine off your shoulder, and he, he did complete opposite. He had his back to goal at times and held the ball reasonably well. well cameo right. appearance, but yeah, and don't for, don't forget that AJ played on the right on the right wing for England, didn't he? So you know, sure, <laughs> of course, yeah. I'm oh, sure we, we, could used, have done it we used him a bit on the on the right wing as well in the early days. <laughs> but, um, yeah, again, like he's he's got a bit of class about him. That he's still got that, which was really nice to see. You sort of worried he'd have this, you know, croc running around who couldn't do anything. Um, but he definitely, definitely had a bit about him. So I was really happy to see that. Um, and there was there was a lot of performances. I think that the main focus will go. Obviously, we had Wilf Saha played 120 minutes. I yeah. think that was a really big thing for him. Um, and I think it's probably the reason he didn't really get on against Leicester, um, as well as the, the, the sort of form of the wingers is, that have got the places. You're not really going to drop them. Well, Alex might drop one of them. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, sorry, Alex, why? This is going to be difficult, isn't it? You stu- stupidly named Alexes. It's Alex heavy, this show today. I don't know what I'm going to do about it. Um, but, yeah, anyway, so uh, I, I, th- I want to really talk about Barry Bannon and, and Johnny Williams more than anything, because those are people who are are very much on the fringe of being involved um, but you can't really see them breaking in but on that performance I, what was really good for me is we, we played a different way we played ball on very much on the ground really short short passing lots of movement uh, it was a completely different side um, and I, I was really encouraged by that I'm not sure what you what you two thought um, Alex P will give you a chance to talk about that um, I was I was encouraging seeing Williams and Bannon in the same side, uh, but for rigors vigors of uh, Premier League football, I just I don't think we could play uh, you know those two together. Um, you know I thought Bannon was probably the better of the two, but they both played really well. Um, you know he definitely that Bannon was just everywhere all night working really hard, and um, I thought Guardiola was a bit exposed in the middle at times, and it's no no fault of Bannon and Williams because that's just the way they play and that's their style style of play. But I still feel, you know, in the Premier League, in the FA Cup, in the Capital One Cup, we need two holding midfielders if you want to get anything from the game, and you know we're always up against it. You know they've got they had really big central midfielders. Um, I think Nita and, and some, somebody else um, in the middle, and they completely bossed it, um, even with 10, 10, 10 men in the sort of second half of extra time. So, yeah, it was it was tough, but you know, Bannon was by far our best player, and um, you know, he played really well. So, fair play to him. And it's just a, it's a, it's a shame for him because you know he he just doesn't suit our system at the moment, does he? He does. I don't see where after oh. yesterday's performance, I don't see where he can fit in, which is such a shame because you know he's. He's done really well since we've signed him. Um, so, yeah, it's tough for him, but it's just one of those things, really. Yeah, I thought, I, yeah, I, I don't know. You look at the side and the way we played on Saturday, because we've got this kind of, we've got the hindsight now, haven't we? We're talking about a game that was played before what we just saw at Leicester. And I had concerns when I saw the lineup at Leicester, which we'll talk about later on. But I would think that you've got to reward someone like Bannon when he plays as well as he did. But I thought as a midfield three, it was, it was quite interesting to see the way that that, that worked. Um, Mr. White, any further additions to that before we move on? Uh, I personally didn't like the lineup. I, I think it's great that we should be giving players chances and, and playing as much football as possible. But we literally just built a formation around the team he knew exactly what players he wanted to and built a formation around that and it just it just cried out that we were just trying to give these players a chance and, and really at the end of the day didn't care too much if, if, if we won or lost which I think I think is fair and I think most Palace fans would agree that the cup is a distraction and our focus should be on the Premier League but I just think playing Bannon and Williams and, and all those players in there together it just seemed 
here's a crop of players and, and go mm. and do what what you can in the in the in the formation that I give you. So it did it did scream out that, but it's a cup game and, and that's the reality of, of us in our position now. Okay. Um yeah, still getting problems trying to get Patrick connected, which is bugging me. And uh long term listeners, you can add to the list of things that have attacked flying things that have attacked me from we've had a bee, a wasp, a butterfly. Slugs don't fly, but one of them attacked me. But now uh, you can add crane fly slash daddy long legs, whatever you want to call them to that. One just flew into my face. So if anyone's keeping track of that, uh, that's another one for your list. Do you reckon someone is keeping track of that? Obviously no. I am. No? Somebody. Oh. Um, so I think that obviously the 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 main event, should we say, the first main event was uh, was a penalty for Wilf, uh, sort of dancing up the wing and into the box, and yeah, there was a uh, there was light contact, wasn't there? He was kind of waiting for it and um, was happy to sort of to take that. Um, well, was it was it a pen, Alex White? It's soft, isn't it? Very soft, but that's the reality of football these days. You're out to, if you're a player like Zaha, you're out to win a penalty. That's that's part of your job, and that's the way that football, especially in the in the higher divisions, has has changed and formed over the last 10, 15, 20 years. That you go out now to win a penalty rather than you get a penalty. That's all part of the game, and if you get the contact, you're going to go down because a penalty is easier to score than perhaps the position you're in. So it was there was contact, and then he went down. So the referee points to the penalty spot. Can't complain. Hmm. And it was uh, dispatched pretty well by uh, by Dwight uh, Alex. Any Alex Penge? Any concerns uh, as he stepped up to take it? No, not really. Um, I think Gales looked quite confident on the penalty spot, so um, not really at all, to be honest. Um, to be honest, it was. I felt sorry for Gale. You know, he, he was completely out of the game, and it was just strange seeing him on the score sheet because you know he didn't have a great game. But um, you know, I thought. It was a penalty, and with you know the pace and strength of Wilf going down like that, you know it, it had to be a penalty. I don't think he would have gone down that easily for it not to be a penalty. So penalty for me. Hmm. No, so um, yeah, again that was it was a really good positive thing to happen. You know, we'd sort of played some nice football, some good good interplay. Newcastle were looking a bit you know weak, but then uh, we didn't really capitalise. I don't think, and uh, and some very soft goals for Newcastle. Um, Go on, I mean, Alex Benz, you might as well go straight away. You're talking about the partnership of McCarthy and Hangland. God, it's just ridiculously slow, isn't it? A slow motion partnership. And, um, yeah, we wouldn't see that in the Premier League at all. Um, you know, McCarthy's definitely not cut out for, for for our level at the moment. And, you know, Hangland just looks half the play he once was, um, which is a shame because, you know, he came to the side, well, came, was brought in with, you know, Big, big experience, you know, playing in a Europa League final and uh, being capped by Norway on n- numerous occasions. And it's such a shame that he's just not recovered from, you know, his injuries. But let's hope that, you know, we don't have a, a big crisis in the middle this season because for we're a little bit light um, in that area, which is, a su- which is a surprise, really. But after, you know, McCarthy and Hangland's performance, I'm not totally confident. OK, well... I mean, Patrick was saying sort of before. I'm trying to read through his notes as well, and add, to, add his bit. He's having so much trouble getting connected. So, I mean, he, he was saying very similar things about the McCarthy Hanglin combo. It's probably a good time to talk about this, uh, Alex White. Um, in that, we've just given a new contract to Paddy. What's your view on that? I think it's very much that even that Paddy was was injured throughout the, the two years, that he was actually a big influence still at the club. 
he was um, you know that period where we lost Dougie Freeman and he came in as a as a temporary coach to come in and do team talks and things like that you know it, it seems a bit bizarre but he does have an influence in the changing rooms obviously um, he's club captain I personally don't agree with giving somebody who's been out for two years and is probably not good enough for that level of contract but I guess it's one of those things they want to keep him in and around the club Neil obviously likes him he, uh, he signed him in his first term um, I don't know it, it's beyond me but but this is football and, and strange things happen and if it's a reduced contract and he, he is a big influence in that change room then it's uh, then it's important and, that, and that's fine but yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think people need to bear in mind with Paddy that I get, there's so much I've, so I've read threads on the BBS and Homesdale about it and I have to say I got a little bit annoyed by it because I, I can see the logic to the argument that the, you know, people are calling it a waste of money. I'm sure it's not a huge sum of money we'd be paying out anyway. But people need to bear in mind what something about Paddy's injury as well. In that it was it was done because he took medical advice from the club's medical staff. He got an injection to a groin injury, um, and that's and then that's what swelled up and caused a huge problem, and then got infected. So basically, it was a club trying to you know trying to get him to recover from an injury because you know he was important important you know, very important player to us at the time he's lost two years of his career to us because of that and it and you know i think we've got a show we always talk about loyalty and it's amazing that people if, if a different decision gets made sometimes so for example everyone was talking in the summer about loyalty to Speroni, we've got to give him a contract if the manager at the time didn't want to keep him then really the board should let Speroni go in, in that situation now, i'm not saying that i would have agreed with that but i certainly would have felt I could criticise, but when you flip it around and we, you know, suddenly there's oh, it's no no room for loyalty in football. There's no room for emotion in football. It's a strange one. Like I think whatever decision you make, you can you can end up being criticised sometimes. But I, I do think from a playing perspective and from a place in the 25, you know, the evidence isn't is there that Paddy simply whether he's up to it or not. I think he certainly hasn't played enough football to be to be judged. Mm. You know, in any way. For a team like us, he's not he's not a bad uh, caretaker manager, is he, to to have in this squad? So uh, you know, we've seen as the amount of managers we've gone through the past couple of yeah. seasons. So <laughs> it's quite handy having him as an assistant caretaker think, manager, isn't yeah. it? I think as I think as well. I think it's he was said when he signed the contract. I'm pretty sure in one of the reports that that Paddy will be going out on loan into a get game. So there's obviously a, a thought there that if we can get him playing enough football again that he's still he's still got something to offer but that that's for the the staff at the club to decide i don't see why people are getting quite so angry about it and i, and I don't really think that we've got i don't think it's going to block the way for anyone cuz anyone who's sort of coming through that might get played over someone like Ryan Innes if he's if he's better than Paddy it doesn't he doesn't need to be in a 25 does he so he, you know it's not blocking anything for him um, I don't. I don't really see it as a bad option. It's a, it's an additional year. We'll see how it goes. And yeah, I, I just yeah, I don't want to see. But, but having said that, I don't want to see a McCarthy Hanglin combination in no. the Premier League. I think uh, you know. I think we're asking for trouble. And like you say, it's a lot to do with pace. And I think we haven't exactly got much pace in that back line anyway. Particularly when Mariapa's not in there. He's, he's the only one who can can really get back and sprint. But yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Saleh Kai Kai. It's a good name. <laughs> so good they named him twice <laughs> it's nice to have another yeah well someone we can say that about but he <laughs> was, was more than just the name wasn't he he came on did really really well I thought uh, Jake Gray did, was was, incre- was well it was a very impressive debut as well mm. and you mentioned that as well Alex Pete yeah I, I, I was really impressed with, with Gray in particular like, I thought obviously Kaika got the goal 
uh, which he on last minute, um, bring it to extra time. But Gray was just so calm and composed for his age. How comfortable was he? He's, he's he was so calm. And, and do you know what? Size-wise, size-wise, if you if you literally went and watched that match, you'd have no idea that he was yeah. that, that was his debut. No idea. And he put some really good balls into the box as well, like really fast balls into the box, not the loopy balls that we, we, we tend to expect at Palace, you know, he put some really decent balls in, he's quick on the ball and, you know, he's got a big, big future and based on the reports that we've been hearing and what we've seen of him um, in the in the under-21s, I'm really looking forward to seeing him and I hope he gets chances um, in the first team. Um, Kai Kai is impressive, again, he's like one of the wingers that we always tend to produce, you know, big, quick, strong winger. Um, but Gray, just it looks class, absolute class. Yeah, I, I was encouraged by both, definitely. Mm. Um, uh, again, trying to read Patrick's notes, he mentioned that he thought that Kai Kai looked, seems a great kid, and it looks like he was, you know, appreciative of the goal. Mm. And also, you, you looked at it on Twitter afterwards; he was absolutely buzzing. And I really like that about young players. In that, you know, that it's almost it's unreal to them when they go and do something like that. And I thought it was a really, really nice thing to see. Um, just how just how excited he was, but yeah, I think in, in terms of quality, sometimes you just got to give people a chance. And I, again, I've seen this little bit argued about in terms of Neil Warnock's record for giving people a chance. He gave fourteen debuts, but it was a different situation uh, when he's first built there to to academy players, I believe, uh, which is an incredible number in the time he was there. He but was he, he was the under twenty one game, wasn't he, Chris? As well, on that. Yeah, yeah, comment. he was. He was when when we were commentating up there. Yeah, you you were there with us as well. Yeah, um, yeah he was sitting there watching it with a few other people. I did notice he was there. Obviously, Rambo was there as well. Um, we spoke to, him. I did notice that Ginger Nut got in touch on Twitter <laughs> saying that he misses Rambo when we were talking about the um, the centre back position. And that's a that's a fair point actually. If I was given a straight choice between Ramage and McCarthy, I'd go Ramage every time. But yeah. um, but there you go. That's a different different debate and you know it's not something I'm going to get too caught up in I don't think um, you know we're, we're talking about the, you know, the, the future of the club and there's some real positive signs when you see two young players come in like that and, and equip themselves so well like you said it was it was the it was the calmness of Gray he kind of he played in a wide position but as soon as he got the ball he, just, he put his foot on it and he got, he got his head up and looked round and I always talk about that particularly when you look at play, people like Wilf when he came through he took a long long time to lift his head up from looking at his feet when he was running with the ball, and he still does it to a, to a point now. Jake Gray, had, it's already it's already there, right there now. Um, so he's got a huge chance, I think. Of, of, and I think he'll get, well, both of them. I think we mm. won't be scared to try him. Uh, and I just hope for a few sort of lesser teams in the FA Cup, so we then get a few more, a few more minutes under their belts. But I'm sure a few of them will go out on loan as well. I think Plymouth are after Gray on loan, so that'd be an interesting one. So yeah, positive stuff. Um, we won't spend too much longer talking about Newcastle. We seem to have dragged it out a little bit. Uh, for me, uh, Barry Bannon was man of yeah. the match, um, and I really did expect him to be involved. And judged by Twitter, he expected to be involved as well um, against Leicester City. But it's a bit, a bit of a shame. We've, we talked about Johnny Williams, and you know he, he played pretty well. But it looks very much like he's going back out on loan to Ipswich, um, and rightly so. Needs games, needs it quickly. Um, we can't really have him sitting on the bench. Um, mentioned Friars already. Uh, these matches and you know, at the moment can't see him breaking through uh, at the expense of either Kelly or uh, or Ward but who knows you know suspension injury and we, we could see him in there and you throw again throw people in and it gives them a chance to prove themselves um, the Newcastle winner we will talk a little bit about that um, Newcastle had gone down to 10 men and 
the uh, basically he was just a player gambling, wasn't it? He, Kai Kai was was the one trying to follow him back, but he got goal side of him, and he couldn't he couldn't couldn't, couldn't get back back in there. Uh, you know, Hanglin sort of stood off a little bit, and there was quite a large gap in the middle. Just headed it in. Keeper couldn't really do anything about it. it was, it's disappointing, um, but you know, Alex uh, White, your comment was well. It was um, it was the fact that as I'd never like to see Palace lose, but I, I really wasn't that bothered. Not I know that how bad that terrible sounds, but mm. we just we do need to focus on the league. And for now, for certainly for now, that it's a it's an unwelcome distraction. Um, yeah, but it was poor. It was poor. You know, you you shouldn't let ten men do that to you. We always seem to struggle against ten men. I don't know why. Screams out of Dougie Freeman days, you know, teams would go down to ten men and they'd look better than we did with eleven men. It just we always struggle against ten men. I don't know why we've got this thing obviously that we can't play against it. Yeah. I, I again yeah, again we didn't the, Patrick made the point in the in the chat as well that we didn't in, in the goal itself we we didn't stop the cross. Uh so that's where the first that's the first real sort of blame comes there and it's I say it's very hard for a for a young lad to. to oh, again, he's playing out on the wing. He shouldn't really be in between the centre backs trying to stop a runner, should he? So, a bit disappointing. But ultimately, yes, like you say, it wasn't wasn't exactly disappointing that we mm. didn't go on and play Man City. There wouldn't really been much we could do in terms of a second string team against them, uh, and it would just just been another game and potentially a very damaging match in terms of confidence after what they did to Sheffield Wednesday. So look, you know, that's that's basically it. Uh, the only real controversial point that sort of came from it was uh, was Neil Warnock was very unhappy that the stadium announcer um, before the game was over announced that the winners would be going to Man City Storm in a key- teacup Alex Penge yeah I think so I think it's not, to be honest it's not the announcer's fault I think it's the um, the, the, the cut from you know doing the, the draw during during while while games are being played it doesn't really make sense to me you, you'd, you'd wait to the end of a game and then do the draw, but hey, I think they probably just did it because they had a game on television and thought straight after the game, do it on TV when everyone's watching. But yeah, I don't, I, to be honest, who cares? It's Capital One Cup, you know, we we got bigger fish to fry, I can say that now, um, <laughs> this season. Uh, so yeah, that's it. We got a place in Europe to think about. Um, yeah, <clears throat> just uh, on, on further, just further to that point, Alex, Alex White this time. Obviously, a few people have said that. Um, it's kind of almost typical of uh, of Neil Warnock. Someone's eating something. As <laughs> uh, he is, isn't he? He can't help himself rustling away with his crisps. Um, <laughs> uh, anyways, th- it's typical Neil Warnock. Take deflecting blame, basically. He's lost a game, so he goes out and blames someone. I think that was a bit harsh as well. Um, I don't know about yourself. I, I thought from there that... A lot of people were talking about it, but they would have found out anyway. It wasn't the announcement that made them find out. It's, you know, everyone's got their phones out. It's a cup game anyway, so the attitude's a little bit lighter. The you know, the atmosphere was a bit quieter than normal, and people were just having more more of a laugh than and kept you know worrying too much about the game. But did you think it actually had an effect? Alex White, hello. No. And what's that? And then there was two. Hmm. Do you think he's like muted his microphone? Hmm. Mm. I'm worried. I mean, you could answer. Yeah. Okay, I'll answer that question myself then. This is very worrying. Um, I don't think it had an effect personally. I, I, I don't think. Like I say, I do. I do just think weird of um, 
we'd have found out anyway it didn't really kill an atmosphere because the atmosphere wasn't particularly impressive anyway so don't think it affected the result it's just uh, I think a degree of professionalism is required and I think mm. that's the sort of thing that we'll get to Neil Warnock he, you know, he expects a professional setup. so yeah. that's all it was um, okay, well, just you and me for the moment, Mr. Pench. Um, we're going to talk about the Newcastle game. Newcastle game, that's a stupid thing to say, the Leicester <laughs> game. And um, uh, the lineup was unchanged from Everton. And I have to say, when I looked at it before the game, I thought to myself, the problem we had at Everton was that the midfield set, sat too deep. And can we genuinely, can we actually accommodate the very, very high quality midfield three of, of Ledley, Yedinek, and of course, mm. MacArthur, who's been incredibly impressive I'm just going to talk about him loads today but um, I looked at that three and I thought that there's a danger there that we're playing at home and that we'll drop deep and I thought early on we did actually drop deep but uh, what what did you think when you saw the lineup? anything there that you thought you know actually I would have mm. you know preferred this but have preferred that Shamax do, you know do you know I actually wasn't surprised with the lineup because you know we all know that it's quite difficult to, to change a, a win inside um, after a performance, you know, going away from home against one of the top six time, the sides in the division, so it would have been difficult for 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 Warnock to to have made any changes. Um, and also, you know, going by what you know their performance last weekend against you know a team that spent 150 million pounds in the transfer window, so it was difficult. You know, I still think that you know, obviously, the two players that probably could have come in um, are Shamak and Zaha, both still not fully fit, still, you know, regaining match practice. I think Zaha had 120 minutes in the week, so it's been difficult to bring him in, especially after, you know, Punchard and Balassi's performances last weekend. So, yeah, I, to be honest, it's, it's just great to have a, you know, a lot of strength in depth, something that we've sort of lacked um, in the past. And we've now, now got three or four good players for every position which is really encouraging and yeah, yeah and that showed yesterday with our three top class central midfielders yeah definitely and uh, like I said other than my concerns pre-game and they were absolutely wiped away we did like I say we did drop deep for a little mm. bit just a tiny bit we dropped deep and, and that's when Leicester had a bit of possession and I was worried I was thinking to myself we're trying to fit these players in uh, and we shouldn't we should accept that the system is what it is you know the, the, there's got to be a point to that midfield three as in a you know a person ahead of the, of the two sitting but um, once both um, once both Ledley and and MacArthur started going more box to box, if you like, and get more involved uh, at the upper end of the of the, of the you know the pitch. It just it looked fantastic. Yeah. Uh, line up, Alex White. Yeah, you, you're not going to change it, are you? From uh, from that winning side at Everton, that, that spirited performance. But again, we started lethargically. We we were slow. We were deep, and you do just think, especially when you're playing at home, to play three central midfielders like that is quite a negative. It is. Is very very deep, and and we that that gave them momentum early on, and they did they did you know David Nugent ran circles around us at one point, and you just think bloody hell you know this guy's a top championship player he shouldn't be doing that between between our midfield, but it picked up and and I think it's a sign of, of a system changing. It's it's going to be something that I think Neil Warnock's going to going to focus on and, and really push for like Tony Pulis he changed certain things when he came in and it's not going to happen overnight um, and we've got to be patient and we're lucky we'll be playing against the very average side and we didn't get punished for it because we would have done against other teams but it came back and it, and it proved proved me very very wrong that, that it was actually a very very wise move playing MacArthur and, and Ledley sort of together higher yeah, as, as Patrick's observed in his pre-show notes they're now being known as McJedley 
<laughs> Sounds like something of X Factor. It really does. Yeah, it's quite distressing in a lot of ways. But um, yeah, he's pointed out obviously you can't change a winning side, and he's hopeful that Bannon would get a spot on the bench. But bench, but under, after 120 minutes in the cup, and um, you know maybe that was the reason. Uh, Neil Warnock said that he felt he needed all of those attackers on the bench because. You know, he felt that in their own way, depending on the game situation, whether he wanted to, you know, keep a one nil lead or, you know, come back from one nil down, he felt he had all these different options available to him and, and it just it just he's gotta leave someone de- very decent out every week. Well a lot of decent people out every yeah. week. Just trying to pick up on a, on a few things that, that people are saying. Bob the Eagle was saying that the current squad must surely be the best we've ever had, at least the most skillful overall in it. I yes. think when you when you've seen the way the performances we're putting in and at the level that we're at and the fact that we're maintaining we've, this is the second season we've maintained this level you know it, it is heading that way. It's very early days, and you can get so carried away when you see you're, you know, you're in single digits in terms of the positions in the table. It, it, you can get very carried away. It's, you know, we've had two wins on the bounce. That makes a huge difference at this time of the season. But we're certainly heading in the right direction. There were some really interesting comments from players, which we'll come to. But um, yeah, in terms of the squad, I have to agree, Bob. And, and Ian Lyons is saying very much the same thing. He thinks the squad it's. it's it's around, you know, sort of the strongest it's been, and we certainly we haven't we've done it without throwing money around. I think, you know, MacArthur was uh, MacArthur and, and Gale are the two most expensive signings we've ever made. Mm. Uh, so in that sense, we are we are throwing a bit of money around, but MacArthur in particular, because well, we know it was under six million whatever we paid for him because he didn't break Gale's record. But I mean, what a bargain he looks! And, and, and it's fantastic, doesn't it? Yeah, it was it really made me laugh that uh, Neil Warnock, when he took him off, said, uh, "You'll be one hell of a player when you're fit." <laughs> and um, and uh, MacArthur said, "Oh yeah, give us two weeks, sort of thing." So he's still not not a hundred percent, which if, is incredible. You look at that midfield three as well, and they all play in that in that position for their countries, don't they? If we look at Jednat plays uh, Australia in the middle, captain for them. You got Ledley's central midfield for Wales. MacArthur, you know, of late's been in the Scotland side, so you know they're they're players that are just used to their positions, and it's 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 a great free to have. You know, it's a lot more we've got a lot more strength in that um, in that position than we did have like last season. You know, I think the Ledley signing sort of you know really to help us last season. Now the MacArthur signing is just you know dotting the eyes and crossing the T's, isn't it? It's making yeah. good it's, good cliche. I like it. Um, Thank you. More where that came from. <laughs> like it. <laughs> um, all right. So I mean, that that'll do in terms of lineup. Like I said, I do want to mention that, that, that it, I would like. For, I, I, no, I noticed. That, um, I can't remember who it was now. I think it might have been Daniel Stone on Twitter. Uh, I'll go check while I'm doing while I'm sort of saying these words. Yeah, it was saying that he'd like to see. Um, oh. It was someone who someone said it anyway that they'd like to see a, a place. It was Daniel Stone a place for someone like Johnny Williams every now and then. But it's it's very hard to imagine us breaking up that midfield three now. Uh, I think I think it depends on situation though. I know I know this was if you're playing Burnley at home, I don't think you can play that three because I do <laughs> think that's too. I, I I do believe that you need more than you know. Balassi, Zaha, or, or punching those two wingers to get in behind. I do believe because they will just sit off and, and take that all day. We need more penetration at them. Yeah, yeah they, if, I, I know. Go on. Yeah, sorry, 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 Chris. If, Le- if Leicester didn't get that result last week, I don't think we would have played three in midfield. I think after they, you know, scored you know five goals against Manchester United, we're going to have to play three central midfielders because they play three strikers up front, all in good form. Um, it would have been difficult to play two in midfield, and and you know. 
okay, we were up against it for 15 minutes, but on the break, from then onwards, we were we were a massive threat, and we just had so much strength in the middle. I do, th- I do think, I know what you're saying, Alex, that it is, you could construe it as negative, and that certainly the opening period of, of both the Everton game and and indeed the game against uh, against Leicester, you could argue that we were. We were with two negatives and two deep, but I think it's just a case of the players getting used to the system. Yeah, I said that earlier, didn't I, that it's, it's just a change from the from the Tony Pulis to the Neil Wanakira, and it's not going to happen overnight, and it will be rocky spells, but if we can get through it, then, then we'll do well. It's. I mean, it, a lot of people are... On the, on Twitter, are just going talking about how great midfield it is. Colin Squires has said it's a fantastic midfield trio. Uh, Lucy said two words: bloody epic. Are we allowed to say bloody? I think we are. I've said it twice now. Um, <laughs> Patrick O'Connor, who should be should be here talking to us. Unfortunately, well, part of the internet in New York seems to be working now, but um, he's just saying that the central three were brilliant and and. That, with uh, Balassi and Punch and just allow us to break the pace and give us a real wide attacking threat so there you go um, it's just in, it's just a, a a very very positive sort of period that we're, at, we're just heading into I think um, it, we've got some harder games coming up and we always talked about the fact we need to get points on the board very very early on and we've started to do that now and I think you know you look at Neil Warnock's record and I said last week we could arguably should have beaten Newcastle and certainly should have beaten Burnley as well and you, you could really be talking about a 100% record uh, we're not but we are talking about an unbeaten league record and there's a, uh, I've so, just seen a message actually from Crystal Palace GIFs um, about you know where does Shamak sort of like fit in in this in this side obviously with the yeah. midfield three now playing really well um, you know he looked good when he come up when he came on where, where do you think he could fit in I think we have sorry Chris I think we have seen that when he played up front on his own last season, sort of under Holloway and, and whatever, that it just it doesn't work. And I think you saw that when he came on yesterday. That he was he's not that man that stands on the penalty spot. He very much stands on the edge of the box, waiting for the anticipation for the second ball. He's not that target man. So, I, yeah, I disagree. Have, I have to say, but 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 when he came on there, there were so many times where Balassi or, or Punching would have it out wide, looked across in the box, and Punching standing on the edge of the box rather than somebody like. Fraser Campbell who's going to be standing on the six-shard box the penalty uh, spot uh, and that's the difference I don't believe you can have play a striker up front on his own who's not going to gamble in the penalty area I think he, he got a couple of opportunities and he, mm. and he showed he's capable of doing that he wants to get him more involved and, and in a way I thought I thought as a figure, the figurehead of the attacking lineup, I, th- I thought he looked promising when he came yeah. on I, I, think, I think he can genuinely do that role but I think it'll be different I don't think he's going to do it as a, as a finisher he will get chances and he will put some away but that's where I see him fitting in and I think what he'll do is he will bring it will be a case of those wide players when it, whichever side is not directly involved Punch and Orbelassi will be asked to actually get in the box uh, mm-hmm. I think that's what Neil Warnock will work towards because when you've got that midfield three the way it is now uh, we've seen for the last two games we've seen how effective and strong it is I think that midfield three I think I think the, the two you know, of Ledley and MacArthur will be asked to push up into the box when the ball's out wide, and I think the other winger will be, and I think we'll actually end up having quite a lot of bodies in the box. So it well, might certainly have... Ledley, certainly Ledley, and, and also, also, also there'll be there'll be space behind Shamak, won't there, for Balassi and Punching to run into. So exactly, um, yeah. it's a it does work. Yeah, it's, it's a good, it's a nice problem to have. You know, we've got we've got three options, haven't we? We've got Shamak, Gale, and and Campbell. Gale's the finisher, Campbell sort of that that lone striker and Shamak sort of that creator in in, in mid attacking midfield um as a lone striker so yeah it's a good problems have yeah, yeah. i absolutely think so. yeah i i can't 
I mean, there's the, it's the different options that we're starting to see. We've got Gale and, and Campbell who can who can run on the shoulder of defenders, uh, but we we can alter that system in a variety of ways. And you know, we've got a one that a way that we're playing now that start that's really working. You know, it was an impressive performance. It wasn't just the fact. We, okay, we 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 scored from from two set pieces, but it's more than that. It was the way we just got stronger and stronger and stronger. And by the end, Leicester had absolutely no answer to us. Um, that they, they could have arguably had a penalty towards the end, but um, but by the end we we looked division above them. I thought. Mm. Um, so by the final twenty minutes of that first half, I think it's that's it's fair to say we were dominant. Yeah. I think the midfield had got grown into the game. They stopped sitting so deep. I think MacArthur in particular had, had, had was just pulling the strings in there, and it's difficult. I. Th- what do you think of Fraser Campbell's performance? Um, if, if I start with you, Mr. Penge. Um, yeah, I think he's. I think he worked really hard. Like uh, he's. I've said it last week. I said. Well, I said it last time I was on. You know, he's definitely an upgrade on uh, on Jerome. Um, he's a good finisher. You know, he's got that Premier League experience that we need up front. Uh, like think about Shamak. He had one season last season. Then he had. He was in and out of the Arsenal side. Hasn't had a lot of experience in Premier League, despite him playing really well for us. Um, and so he gives us that option and. I think he did really well. Uh, you know, he's just he, he gets himself into certain positions that you wouldn't see other players. It's like even you, we wouldn't see Gale in. Um, it's just you know his, his conversion rate and and to be honest, his record last season was decent. And I still think he'll be able to pick up ten to twelve goals for us this season, maybe more. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, Alex White, we we got to half time level. What was your thought at half time after what you'd seen? Obviously, you mentioned earlier you were actually disappointed with that first twenty minutes or so. Uh, when we got to half time, what were you? Did you expect us to come out the way we did second half? I, I did because I, I was still slightly not not quite frustrated. I, I think I did go into half time quite frustrated. We did we did show signs of positivity, but there was still just sort of individual mistakes that we were making and Balassi was tackling himself and that final ball wasn't happening and, 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 and you did go in frustrated thinking we have got to put this side to the sword. You know, Scott Dan I think had one cleared off the line and you just think that they they're gonna come out and they're gonna take heart from us being so deep and things like that. But Warnock must have gone in there and just shoved a rocket up all of them and just said, Look get out there and, and do what I've told you to do and, and they listened to him and he certainly commanded respect and we were sensational. MacArthur I'd say is the only player that the performance didn't change I thought he was equally as good other than that everyone stepped up 30, 40, 50% and absolutely showed we are so you know we can be so comfortable in this division and take on teams and put teams like that to the sword because they're so average yeah, and I thought I had a look at their forums. I thought they were a little unfair. They were called saying it was two average teams and all that sort of stuff. I think a lot of their their fans in the end just sort of said, you know, actually we were beaten by a team that were better than us um, mm. on the day. And yeah. I, I, I think, yeah, I think um, I don't know. Neil Ward, he's the master, isn't he, of the halftime team talk? He's been he's been doing halftime team talks for you know forty years or whatever it is. <laughs> and he, um, I was going to say since you were born, Chris, but you're a bit older than that, aren't you? Right. Okay, <laughs> I am in my early mid thirties. Early <laughs> mid. <laughs> yeah, that is what that is. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, eighteen plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. So old I am. I'm in my early mid-30s. It's a thing. It's definitely a thing. So you mean your mid- um, mid-30s? No, early <laughs> mid-30s. Like mid-30s stretch. This is, this is the tangent, but mid-30s <laughs> stretch from, I would say, 34 to 37 is your mid-30s. And I'm in my early mid-30s. <laughs> All right. So you're 34. 36 then. Yeah, I am 34. That's early mid-30s. How do we go on to that? Uh, so anyway, no. I mean, you can see you can see on YouTube a clip of Neil Warnock, how he used to be in a in dressing room absolutely tearing lumps out of people. I doubt he's quite like that anymore, and certainly not with with the way we've been. But he knows he knows how to spot what's wrong. He knows how to spot if someone's not doing what they've been asked to do. And he also... You know, he knows how to motivate people. Yeah, um, can I just say, Chris, you know what I love about Neil Warnock compared to Tony Pulis? I, cool. This is not me being bitter about Tony Pulis, but he has got that. When he came in, you know, he, he showed that every, you know, everyone showed him respect and he was stern and things like that. But you never felt that that love, did you, for, yeah. for that Tony Pulis gave? You know, at the end of the match, he'd, he'd run off. He, he didn't, he always jogged off. Yeah. And Neil Warnock is the last player off that pitch. High five and everyone. <laughs> Last yeah. person off the pitch, yeah. sorry. You know, he's, he's giving Sproni hugs and he's, he's high-fiving Wilf and he's giving him pep talks. And that's what he thrives on. He thrives on making an influence on somebody and telling somebody how to improve themselves and going to do it. And that's so rewarding, especially for us as Palace fans. Mm. And he'll do it with the youngsters because we've seen him do it before. And that's, you know, that's all we, all we ask for as Palace fans is that, that we do get 100% and you're playing for the shirt and the spirit. And the celebrations yesterday, every single player bar Baroni was celebrating at one point at, all yeah. together. And I, haven't, I did not see that once last season. The spirit was great last season, but I didn't see it once. And I haven't seen that in a very, very long time, not since Neil, Neil Warnock's first era. There's just I, something. I, on, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry, Chris. There's, there's just something about Warnock that he, he just understands his club, doesn't he? And he's always, whenever he's he's come to sell us, he's always loved it. And you know, I really enjoyed his his previous tenure, and I'm really enjoying you know his current tenure now. I just feel he's a lot more passionate. He's a lot. He's a lot more uh, committed, and it's just it's just a great person to have uh, in in our situation. And I, you know, I don't think he'll be here as long as as long as his last tenure was, but. For this season, he's, he's he's the perfect appointment in my opinion, and and he's and it's it's great to to have someone with a lot of passion that we we sort of lacked over you know you know yeah. previous you know managers yeah. under Freeman and Pulis and he's uh, Burley and you know. <laughs> all right all right you depress yourself Peter no, Taylor he's, he's, he's quite quiet um, no look he's won he's won a lot of people over very very quickly and. You know, again, I could I could be really smug and talk about how I said Neil Warnock from the very beginning, but I did just be I was just smug, wasn't I? I did it, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I felt what you're talking about, Alex, when you talk about the togetherness from last season. It, for me, it was almost what how Pulis manages is he almost creates a an environment where the players feel that everyone's against them, almost including Tony Pulis. 
you see what I mean? So the togetherness, yeah. it almost, it's almost as if it's in spite of Tony Pulis, these players are going to go out there and do that. And whereas Warnock's, he's you know he, he sees himself as as the leader, but he's part of it as well. And I think just for fans, you look at a press conference of of Neil Warnock, and you know he's enjoying himself. You know, he, he want, he's happy to be there. He knows it's probably the best team he'll ever get to manage. It's his last job again. <laughs> and mm-hmm. He just know you just, you can see it. And, he, and he's like, he's determined to enjoy himself. And he said quite openly that he's determined to get the players to enjoy it as well. Um, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about Neil Warnock later on. Cause there was some, I say some interesting comments came out over the weekend from, from a uh, very well-respected player, but we'll, we'll come back to that later on. Um, I want to talk again about that second half. We started talking about it. We started talking about the the difference. And Patrick made some really good notes on this again. Cheers, Patrick. <laughs> um, saying that uh, he was watching it, obviously, um, in you know in the US, and so had the commentary as well. And he said that Ray Houghton during the commentary, uh, Super Ray, oh, love Ray Houghton. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, said during the commentary that we were controlling the game without without having the ball by the end of that first half. And again, it, it was emphasised in the second half that we had thirty seven percent to sixty three percent in the first half, but had eight attempts to their three. And at the end of the match, we were forty to sixty. I think we got as high as 49 as one, at one point in terms of possession in, in one place. But, um, yeah, we had 16 shots to seven and, and won the game. So I think it was, it, that, you know, even that, it, you know, as, a, as an observer, you know, commentating on the game can see that we were we were in command. Um, and they say you think their, their danger man, Cambiasso, didn't have the best mm-hmm. of games. Um, you know, he came up. But against... why was that? Because Jinnak absolutely whammed <laughs> him every him. time he got near him. Didn't he? he just collapsed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely him. bossed him. Yeah. I mean, well, let's take a minute to talk about Melee because you know he's he came under a bit of criticism of late, didn't he? Because a lot of people were saying that, well, okay, we're going to have to drop someone in that midfield three and to accommodate Shimak when he's back. Um, it's got to be Jednak. And a lot of people were, were saying he's just not up to it anymore. You know, in terms of his passing, was letting him down. With those two alongside him, he's back to his absolute best. It takes best, the pressure off as well, doesn't it? It yeah. does take the pressure off his passing, and he can solely rely on absolutely smashing and clattering <laughs> everyone that runs near him or around him. <laughs> I like your description there. It was good. And, it was and, yeah, cool. And with the with the sort of midfield two in front of him now. You know, there's less reliance on his passing, isn't there? You've got Ledley and MacArthur, really good passers of the ball. Um, you know, we just got Ledley, uh, Jednak in there for just that presence, that presence that we sort of desperately need. You know, against sides like Burnley and Leicester, you know, against the big sides as well. He's just he's uh, he's undroppable in my opinion. I, I, I don't see how how we can drop him and you know have just Ledley and MacArthur in there on their own. It just it just wouldn't work. Well, yeah, I think you saw against Newcastle, Guardiola was fantastic in that role. But mm. there was one point where Colaccini literally just ran through our whole team. And you just thought, if Jednak was on that pitch, there is absolutely yeah. no way that guy would have got past the halfway line. <laughs> he would have just, just wiped him out clean and taken the ball and just done his job. Because yeah, he's an industrial midfielder. He's never going to look like you know a world beater. But he'll, he'll certainly do his job. And if he could add a couple more goals to his game, he'll be playing in the top six in, in this country. Yeah, he is a terrific player, and it's great to see him. I say, have the support he needs to do his job properly. You mentioned uh, uh, Gediora there. That's I think it's really interesting that the Warnock's kind of almost sort of picked him out and thought, well, you need to be involved more. I'm really happy to see that because he's a player I think an awful lot of, and I know you're you're a big fan as well, Alex. Um, Alex White. <laughs> yeah, I think he's great. I think 
you know, he does exactly what he says in the turn. He, he cliche. He picks up the ball and he's got a good range of passing. He's always got a goal in him. I just think he brings you something different. And I think at this division, it, it takes a certain type of player. And I think he's that certain player that that can make the difference because yeah. you see so many players try and make that step up and and fail. But he just has so many things on his side. You know, he's got pace, he's got power, he's got a good shoot, good shot, and he passes the ball when he tackles. You know, what more can you want? And I think he I, does it to a good standard. It's interesting. I think he's perhaps of the midfielders we have on the bench. He's the one who slots into the three that we're now playing. He's the one. If, you, if we need a replacement, he's the one that slots in best now. I think, and that's why he's getting in there ahead of of Bannon and, and Williams which again is a shame for those because those are two incredibly talented players who are capable of playing at this level in my view but you can you can see the logic in it and again that, that's the strength of character that Neil Warnock's got in that is that he will do the best thing for the team every it's time. It's a results business isn't it Chris? Yeah and, that's and at, the the best moment, at the moment yeah. we're getting those results so the first goal showed some good coaching instincts from Campbell again probably wasn't in the game as much as he would have liked certainly early on that wasn't helped by the, the how deep the midfield were but uh, good header from Scott Dan unlucky it didn't go straight in on, on his own but there were enough people back there that Campbell had to get the touch there good touch and, and obviously this this Palace side is very tall it has that's the legacy of Tony Pulis we've gone out and we've bought these you know got called a team of giants a couple of times I noticed and tree trunks you know, but, but if you look at what was happening with us we were conceding set pieces and we weren't really threatening from them and you, you've got Neil Warnock, you know, now, now there's the figurehead of the coaching staff, and all of a sudden we're defending set pieces properly, and we're, we're a real threat. It wasn't just the two we scored as well, we were a threat from every, pretty much every yeah. set piece we took, weren't we? We were, and um, if you look at our side, obviously you've got Ledley, Jednak, Dan, all top six foot player, a six foot tall players, um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's very encouraging. I think um, our delivery was great lot like, yesterday. Um, you know, most of those are set pieces were just won by, you know, Blassie and, and, and punching on the break. And, you know, Blassie won the first uh, free kick, uh, didn't he? And he, he looked a constant menace in that in that second half. And, you know, he even I think his set pieces weren't too bad either. I think his corners looked decent. I think he had a few chances, um, a half chances, some some. You know, some at uh, some points in the second half uh, from his corners, and it was extremely encouraging. And then it's something that you know we need to take advantage of because we're not going to get a lot of chances in this division. You know, we saw yesterday we only had eight chance, well, eight chances. Um, we're going to get a lot less against you know better sides. And um, yeah, it's a lot. It's 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 great to see. Yeah, um, we also mentioned in there. I just just finished you off on the, on the point. We're talking about Campbell's poaching instincts and. Um, you you've called him an upgrade on Jerome, Mr. Penge. Yes, I I have, and um, yeah, I've, he's just he's just got that experience that we need at this level, and um, you know, I think he's a lot more mobile. He he works just as hard as uh, Jerome, and he gets himself into positions that you know we need we 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 need to see from a, from a, a lone striker, and um, yeah, it's working so far, and you know, he's he's keeping Gale out the side. Um, and you know, I think Gale could probably learn a lot from Campbell. You know, Campbell's been around for quite a long time. I think he made his debut at quite a young age. Um, there's a lot, yeah. of, a lot, a lot said about him when he when he first broke through. You know, I think he, he had an England call up. He had a few games for United. Went to Hull. Did really well in Premier League when they're in previously in Division. And you know, it's something that will work in Gale's favour eventually. And you know, it's and it's great to see. Great to see three decent strikers on the bench. Um, yeah. Uh, for, uh, on a 3D strikers on the bench to you know get a chance if um, if if Campbell you know, 
you know, he's out of sight to talk. Yeah. As a few, a uh, few of the listeners on Twitter earlier on talking about the the need to sort of sign a, um, you know, a taller athletic striker, almost in the Jerome mould with with goals. It's very difficult to go and find one of those. I think um, without paying twenty five yeah, million yeah, pounds. Exactly. Yeah. But um, I think Campbell's doing a good job. I think you. I mean, you've mentioned this, and we've, we've talked about it before, uh, Alex. That, that people do slate him, and it's a bit. Un- Hard to see why. I think personally, I can see. I can see why because there are times where he's just not in the game enough. If I feel, but part of that's due to the system. Um, do you know? What, yeah, on that comment there, I, I just don't think he's a lone striker. I really because there was at one point that I saw him standing on the left wing, crossing the ball in, but he was crossing the ball into nobody. And I just think if you're a striker that naturally sort of goes wide, you, you're yeah. playing with your back to goal, but you naturally drift off out in and out the game, out wide, in deeper. I just think you need that. You do need that figurehead in there with him. But obviously, in this formation, he's not going to get that. So he's going to have to. He's going to have to adapt, and I think he will. And I think he showed with his goals in, in the last two games that that he gambles. He's always in the right place at the right time, and I, I can't see why anyone. You know, it's not as if he doesn't work hard, and it's so so frustrating for him to stand there and and not be constantly involved in the game. And I, I think I think he's a good player. I think he's a really good player. You know, he's not my favourite, but I certainly wouldn't slate him. And if he goes down injured against Everton, I certainly wouldn't have been the ones that that cheered him and and cheered at the thought of him coming off. So um, that seems a little harsh, but um, okay, I, I think he'll grow into the the system as well. A lot of players, I think, I think we're playing. We've we've seen it work really really well. But for me, the really exciting thing is that is that everyone can get better with it as well. Um, we're going to need different ways of playing because. Like we've we've seen before, people will work you out, and like just like we worked out Le- the way Leicester were going to play because they'd had such a good result the previous week, you know our scouting team and and the manager did gr- a great job in work in nullifying their threat because make no mistake the pace and acceleration that that both Nugent over a very short distance he's he's in, got quite a burst of pace and Vardy is just a very quick very aggressive player. And if those two had, had got in behind us and crossed the ball, you know, Shoa would have had more of opportunities than he did have, and he had next to nothing. Didn't really get a sniff out of uh, Dan and Delaney. And word for Delaney, he was terrific again. I don't know what's what's happened this season, but he's gone up another level. He looks better than last season, doesn't he? Doesn't yeah, he? yeah, he does. He really does. He's getting better every season, um, and that that is incredible. Mm. Um, and it, you know, he looks he looks absolutely you know top at this level now, which is yeah. great to see. Great to see someone who. You know, come up with a team from from the division below, and you know, in his position where he was, he was quite close to giving up football, and, and now he's you know a standout player in a top ten Premier League club. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just to round up a little bit of contact. Uh, How many years on. have you waited to say that? Sorry, I've, <laughs> it's been a long time, mate. A long, long time. Um, back to uh, a while ago, CPFC Ginger Nut again was saying that he can't wait to turn Man United over. Going to happen this season? I think it will. Yeah. Um, uh, talking about the midfield, MJ saying, um, I don't think it's the Michael Jackson. I'm just checking. No, it isn't. No. Maybe it's me, like um, it? Could be, could be. Um, he says he's Dario MJ. I don't know. Anyway, he's saying that the midfield was very good. MacArthur first class, and interesting to see if Shamat can work as hard as Ledley at the top of the trio, if that's the way we go. Um, El Figo says, uh, quite simply, the strongest Palace team I've ever seen. Hashtag happy days. Um, you scroll through all the retweets. <laughs> um, Mm-mm. Um as much as I love the Mac, is that Shermac? It must be. You can't replace Campbell with two goals in two games. Hmm, interesting point. Uh anyone missing KG? Nah, from Ian Lyons. Not anymore, no, certainly not. <laughs> um 
Christian Bale's GIF, the new system McJedley allows Jedi to pass the ball shorter to one of the other two who are better passers of the ball. So McJedley seems to be catching on. No, you um, said it once, that was enough. Do you not like oh, I'm going to keep using McJedley. I like it. I like it lots. Say that and I will show so much love to Glenn Murray that you won't hear the end of it. Alright, just I'll let everyone else hashtag McJedley all the time. And just, I'll, I'll keep it out of it now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm going to search that hashtag later, see how it's going. Um, anyway, <clears throat> so that yeah, we, so we've got up to the, the sort of point when we were one nil up. No, yes, one nil up, and very very quickly we were two nil up. Um, very similar goal, but this time uh, Mina Yednak gets his head on it and straight in. There's no one on the line, no need to divert it straight in bottom corner. Great little header, and. Uh, apparently Neil Warnock said he fan- to him at half time that he fancied he'd get a goal today if he got involved further up. And it's interesting that Warnock's seeing you know Yednak as someone who doesn't just have to sit there. He, he almost it's what I mean earlier about Warnock being able to spot what what needs to be changed, and also you know he's got um, uh, Blackwell up in the stands as well, uh, able to spot things. And if, if we're in a, a situation in the game where you know we can actually gamble just to get ourselves ahead, then then he's gonna asked players to do it and Jednak's done that got more involved um, yeah so uh, I'm going to start with Patrick's notes he said he loved how uh, Jednak actually outbattled Ledley um, <laughs> to actually get the to get his head on the ball and um, and again picked up what you were mentioning earlier about uh, how all ten field, outfield players celebrated the goal um, and it's, it's it's you know it's just great great uh, sign of, of team spirit uh, what do you think of the goal then Mr. Pench we'll go with you well, yeah, it was a, he's an absolute colossus, isn't he? So, um, yeah, it was a great, great header. Um, and um, I think we had the momentum at that point. Uh, you know, we would, we would, we just looked such, such a threat on the break. Um, we really did, and and we that was, you know, a, a set piece that we took advantage of. And you know, from then on, it was plain sailing. I thought we were, we were even better after the goal. I thought, for after the second goal, we, yeah, we we looked, we could have scored three or four. Um, you know, we were that threatening, and um, you know, it's, it's it's great to see because we didn't see this much under under Pulis. You know, under Pulis, it was very constrained. I'm not I'm not moaning because you know we we had a great season last season, but yeah. it's a little bit more fluid, a little bit more expansive under Warnock, and it's and it's great to see as a as a fan. It's something that you know you want to see. You want to see goals. Um, you want to see players like Balassi and and Punch and running at opposite opposing fullbacks, and um, you know, it's very encouraging. Yeah, I know. No, yeah, you have picked up on something there. Again, you, you can't slag off what happened last season because, no. and a lot of it, as, as Bruce Baroni was saying, we'll talk about it again. Promise, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, saying that a lot of that was down to the players, you know, not just the manager from, from last season. But it's not a case of of slagging off Tony Pulis. But it's really interesting to see that Neil Warnock has, has almost put a bit more trust in these the players and almost said, actually, you're better than just having to do this specific job and not. And not changing, you actually you can go out and express yourselves, and you can actually go out and get on the ball. You know, Mila Yednak, you can go out and get on the ball and get forward if you want, because you've got MacArthur and Ledley who, who are box to box midfielders alongside you. So if you need someone to cover, you know, you got you got two there, and one of them's going to cover for you. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, it was it was nice. And again, set pieces. We talked about them. It's really good to be scoring from set pieces because we should be. It should be a real strength. And it was just so odd that we started the season with it as a weakness. Um, but yeah, really, really positive stuff. And like you say, we were better after the second goal. We were even better on some of the moves. There was a move that we did, uh, ended up, it, it was strangely missing from the highlights. 
Um, I yeah. noticed when I watched them. But it was a move. It was just involved so many different players and ended up with Shamak just putting a header over. But it was that was the uh, the Blassi chance as well. The build up for that was fantastic. That would have been a great goal. Yeah. I oh yeah, he, yeah. When he danced through the yeah. box. Yeah. Oh, awesome. So good. But do you know? It reminds me of when we had do you remember when Warnock was here last time and we had a front three of Morrison, Moses and Sinclair oh yeah fantastic the, the, it, was almost, it was almost an accident that it came together because mm. Morrison was never going to play as the front, the focal point but mm. he got in and started scoring and obviously made himself undroppable we won 5-0 we won against yeah. Burnley won a last game of the season going into the playoffs and we just looked we looked awesome I think we had Sinclair on loan for about 10 games and oh no, those are the days. Those are the yeah, days. They were, but I just think, I look at it now and I can see it. It's happening. Yeah. That happening again with those wide players. And you think Wolf's not even in the team? So you yeah. know, there's you know, and, and rightly so at the moment. There's I, I don't think you can really drop either of the wingers with the way they've been playing. Um, Three man midfield as well, though. Ben Watson, Tom mm. Saws, and Sean Derry. It's just a mirror image now. <laughs> I, was, I did notice someone mentioned Watson. So Watson Saws. Um, Partnership and neither of whom were, were, yeah, when they were too young to be able to tackle. Someone mentioned on Twitter earlier on. Sorry, <laughs> sorry for not crediting you with that, but that I thought that's quite an amusing comment. But um, yeah, I, I, it was yes, an odd. It's odd to look at that. It was that midfield. I think Watson and, and Derry were great players, and I think Saw was a very good promise early on, and just it just died. He just he never really kicked on from. Tony Goodless ruined him. Yeah, well, yeah, to a point. Yeah, but I think he was unfortunately on the downward slide before then. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I don't know what happened. He's I saw like, him for Barry yesterday, actually. Yeah. On the football league show. So that's All right. Oh, the mighty had fallen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, he was. He was one of those. He promised an awful lot, but he, sometimes players sort of reach the peak, their peak at a very young age, and they never go anywhere, do they? And no. I think he he peaked, and then couldn't couldn't improve on that. But yeah, he did an awful lot for us. It was it was actually a very good player in that Premier League side. But I think this this is you know this Perhaps side satisfying. is so much yeah. better. So yeah. much better. Um, yeah, it was. Like I said I'm. I'm really excited by the the way we're attacking. I really am. I think. I think it's it's fun to watch, and um, it's nice. It's nice to watch a fun attacking team, isn't it? Uh, like sometimes last year, it was. You know, we were we were being negative, and we had like, you know, thirty percent possession and. At home was, to West Brom. Yeah, it's hard sometimes. We're getting results, but you just thought, and you kind of. You had quite myself convinced this is the only way we can play, and you know it's nice to be shown something different. Really, there might be a reason it works so well, though this this sort of change because Warnock has just said, look, you know, you showed me one way last season that that you could get results, but go out and go out and enjoy it and, and play some good football as well, and that that can only bring confidence into yeah. those players, and it's it's kind of you know maybe a, a blessing in disguise. We'll see that 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 Mr. Pugh has left, but I think we'll see come come May. Yeah, I, it's it's a it's a good thing it's a very very positive start we're still very very early on a lot can go wrong but I don't I just think it's perfect perfectly set up at the moment I think we've got a manager who it doesn't really he doesn't have to have any fear does he no. you know what's the worst that could happen oh the, the team gets relegated um, you know he was up against it anyway he had to come in you know with, the club had already lost a manager two days before the start of the season the damage it was never there's never any real you know, huge amount of pressure on him to go out and do something amazing. So he can actually just go in and be positive, and I think that's all he's done. He's gone in and he's been positive with people. Um, I think it's just, yeah, I, I just, I think we're, he's exactly the right person for the right for the right moment. Um, we want to we want to keep this improvement going, obviously. Um, 
on performances, we're trying desperately to talk about man of the match. We've sort of gone through it. Um, I'll run through everything I talked about again. Delaney is playing like a man possessed. He was very, very close to being my man of the match. Um, he's got a great partnership with Scott Dan, who is excellent, you know, uh, every single game. Um, what I thought was interesting is that uh, Lewington was at the game, Ray Lewington, oh. who's assistant to um, Hodgson, of course. Um, and I sort of thought, well, who could he really be watching? Um, and I looked at our defence, and you've got Dan... Mm. Uh, Kelly and Ward, all of whom, obviously, yeah. Kelly, Kelly's got an international cap, um, and we obviously know we've got our feelings on Joe Ward getting in there, and it's obviously Scott Down as well has got to be in with the chance of playing centre back at international. I think all of those three spent potential international. Okay, it's just such, just such a shame that Ward's on the left because that might just hold him back. I think. Well, no, the, the biggest shame is the biggest shame is that we'll be here all night talking about it. Is that there's a big club bias, and if any of those guys are playing for one of the top <laughs> teams, then they would yeah. be in the England squad. You know, we can laugh yeah. as much so as much as we want. Chambers yeah. played 24 professional games and got an England squad over Scott Dan, who's had an amazing two and a half seasons. You know, mm. Chelsea Chelsea nearly signed him and he broke his leg, and you know he's on the verge. Then he's a, a clearly a yeah. talented player, and still to have other players picked over the top. You know, we'll be here all night, but but it, it, it's. Just I agree. I think we could do an entire show on how ridiculous it is at certain players and even, looking. even potentially uh, gen, um, sorry, punch, uh, punching as well something mm. who, who you know looked fantastic last season scored 7 or 8 goals in the Premier League um, I think I pulled a slap up uh, last season where he scored you know more goals than Milner Oxlade-Chamberlain and Townsend combined and he's already had a really good start to this season so you know why not I think England have always lacked sort of a left footed a winger and he's started the season really well so he's well, look, something if he, if he carries on he is Mr Consistent in this side yeah. I literally, I don't think I've seen him play a game this season where he's actually been poor and even that Burnley game at home when everyone's like oh my god that was dreadful yeah. one player that actually stood out then was Jason Punchin he's got a goal in him he's dangerous from set pieces and he'll beat his man every time what a player he's a, he's a very very good player and I like, I like the technical ability he has he's, you know, he's up there with Shamak in the team in terms yeah. of, of that yeah. level of ability just you know, he's that very great. Is, is perfection, isn't it? That final. It's, yeah, I mean, say so we talked about it last week, obviously, but the, the pass where he put Balassi in for Balassi's goal um, against Everton—that's that's the perfect example of what, what Punchin's all about. But um, yeah, again, he had, he had a decent game again, uh, as did Yannick Balassi. But um, Jednak was brilliant. Ledley was was top class, really, absolutely top class. And it, it's no coincidence we play well when he's in the side, and we, we really did miss him early on. But I, I've got to give it to Macarthur. I just think yeah. we found a, found a real gem there. Um, it's, he ne- he's never hurried in possession, is he? And you'd look at the number of different places you find you find him on the yeah. t- on the pitch, and you don't know why because I watched I watched him for about sort of two three minutes at one stage just to see what, and he was effectively he was just walking around, like, and I just thought he's just not in any hurry to do anything, but he's always in the right place. He's always given an option, given the ball whenever you like, and he's got it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the beauty of him, Chris, that he does just show, he's so, you know, Jednak, you know what, we know what Jednak does, right? He tackles and, and he clamps people and that's what he does. And, and Ledley, you know, he picks up the ball and he drives and things like that. But MacArthur can do so much, you know, he's so calm on the ball. And the, and the certain thing for me is that that, that we adapt into this Neil Warnock era, that we're going we're gonna to see a bit more of the ball. And you saw us at times yesterday in the first 20 minutes in the last few weeks, when we do get the ball, we seem to almost run out of ideas before even trying and then we stand there and then we don't know what pass to make because we're not used to that and I think he's the type of player is that you'll give it to him he'll give it to someone else you give it to him back and he'll just keep that ball ticking over and moving and he's aggressive he runs down he goes forward he goes back he's just I think we've got a really really 
really good player. Then a lots of lots of Wigan fans have said that he was the better out of the two um, uh, for him and McCarthy. But you know, we'll see. But what a player we've got on our hands there. Yeah, definitely. And obviously Leicester were trying to sign him and, and Campbell, funnily enough. It's good to see that two of the players that they are after and they didn't get... Um, yeah, it wasn't Holt to their time either. Yeah, it wasn't. You're right, yeah. Um, yeah, but again, looking through... Um, I'll, I'll come to yourself um, in a second, Mr Penge, because you've got a different view on who was the man of the match. Um, uh, Patrick has, has, gone, has said, well, he's not sure. Balassi, not sure what he's doing, so how can anyone defend against him? MacArthur's oozing class... Um, but he went for MacArthur. He said he's two-footed, smart, and it fits it fits in the team like a glove. So, just for him, it's it's MacArthur. Um, what did you think? Uh, yeah, I thought MacArthur had a great game, and you know, it was a toss-up between him and and Blassie, But Balassi just he just looked like a man a man possessed at times. Yeah, yesterday, and you know, I think he's looking absolutely fantastic. I think he looks a lot quicker than he did during our promotion season, which is which is phenomenal, really, because. Think about it. Blassie's a, a huge player for us now. Um, you now he was brought in when we were, you know, in complete dire straits and completely transformed this side into a, a promotion-winning team. I think he brought the best out of Wilf, um, and you know, he I obviously had a slow start last season, getting to grips to the Premier League. But this season, he's hit the ground completely running, and you know, I think you know it'd be. We've got to be careful because other teams might be having a look at him. I know Liverpool having a look at him in the summer. There was rumours of that, you know. And uh, all he needs is sort of that cutting edge. He gets that cutting edge, you know. And I think we've got a ten million pound, ten million pound player. So yeah. strong words. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't think that's. Well, I say I don't think that's. I don't think that's a crazy thing to say at all, particularly with prices these days. Mm. Remember, Ross McCormack is an eleven pound, eleven pound, eleven million. Pound eleven pound. Pound. Oh, eleven pound. Freudian slip. Freudian slip. That's what happens. <laughs> um, just yeah, just trying to pick up a, a little bit of contact. Laurie Scott was pointing out that uh, he felt uh, KG actually did a reasonable job. We were talking about KG earlier on alongside Je- and Jedi wasn't the same without him, but and it's taken seven million pounds to replace him with a younger younger model. Um, Robbie V was talking about the um, the selection of, of Fraser Campbell and has mentioned that uh, that he still feels that goal should be up uh, goal Gale should be up front because he scores more goals. Mm, nearly got mm, that so wrong. Not sure about that. Just, well, there you go. And uh, Billy Kemp's mentioned that Jason Punchin was a power league tonight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what, watching or playing? Anyway, um, yeah. So there you go. I think uh, not just. <laughs> I nearly read out something that I very much shouldn't have done. Uh, so I've stopped myself now. Let's let's move on. So there, that was the quick roundup of contact from you there. Thank you for all of those messages. Um, I want to talk now about Spironi before the game. Was uh, was asked another question about Tony Pulis and Spironi's a um, you know he's a calm sort of uh, you know collected kind of guy doesn't say anything bad about anyone one of the nicest blokes you'll ever meet according to those who know him so quite surprised to see him quite he's he's a bit snappy about about Tony Pulis he said that he, you know he's tired of talking about Tony Pulis that he's gone. Um, he talked about how focused the players are under under Neil Warnock. Said that the players deserved more credit for last season than the manager, um, and he and he called Neil Warnock the best manager he's ever worked with. Um, I've just written the word "discuss" here, so let's discuss it. <laughs> um, what do you think about that, Mr. Penge? Um, yeah, I, I don't blame him for being a bit snappy, to be honest, because I think he was treated a little bit badly last season, and if for somebody who's been such a club legend for us. You know he's kept us. He kept us in the in the second flight for a you know, number of seasons, with numerous player 
year awards. You know, he deserves so much more respect. He's a legend for us, and you know, with with Pulis bringing in Hennessy, I know we needed a goalkeeper, you know, in reserve. But the fact that he never sort of officially backed uh, Speroni last season, yeah, you know, I think you you can't blame him. You can't blame him for reacting like that, and it just shows, you know, the 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 class of the man you know he's not openly criticising him he's saying he's the best manager he's ever worked under to be fair I don't think Spray's worked under some good managers in the past um, <laughs> but um, you know it just shows that you know what a classy man Asperoni is and it's true I totally agree like if you look at last season it was all about Pulis every single thing you know it was always about Pulis versus the other side this season I think you know it's good for the players because now players like Pelassi players like Punch and players like Dan you know they're they're, they've got that sort of avenue this season, and and people are you could say more aware of them. I think it's not, not it's not about the unit anymore. It's all about individual players doing really well, and yes. you know we still got that team spirit from last season, and it, it, it's it's great to see. But you know, I'm, fair play to Sproni. You know, he deserves a lot of respect. Yeah, I think it was. I, I just thought it was really good. So finally, someone you know from within the team came out and said that. I don't. I think he's done it the right way. He hasn't been. He hasn't said anything negative about Tony Pulis. I think most people have probably heard some quite negative things about him, but maybe if you, if you haven't, there were some. Um, you know, I'm not going to spe- uh, speculate beyond that because uh, it'd be wrong of me to do so. But um, certainly, you know, if you go to his history, there's there's things on record about him alienating certain people and, and all that kind of stuff. So obviously, it was an uncomfortable environment for some people. You'd expect from what's been said, but. You know, I just think it's just another example of the positivity that we've uh, that we've been talking about pretty much all show, really. Um, so, uh, yeah, just to pick up on Patrick's comments that he, he lovingly wrote before he was unable to connect, um, he, he felt like he completely agrees with, with Speroni, and he just felt that the players have never got enough credit after all, you know. And he, and he says, whether, you know, whether it's Tony Pulis in Holloway or, or Dougie Freeman, it always seems to be that that the players really never got enough credit for for getting us to where we are, and I think that's a really fair fair point. You know, the, the actual core of the group that Patrick mentions: Spironi, Delaney, Jedinak, etc. You know, this the core is still there, and they're the people who got us to this position. It, sometimes, and I said it earlier, sometimes it seems to have been in spite of who was in charge, let alone you know not because of. So. Yeah, I think that's what where those comments came from. But I just I was really encouraged to, to see such praise for Warnock. I know um, someone had mentioned before that Speroni had been very very um, complimentary about Warnock's last uh, spell in charge. So it's really good that um, that someone so influential at the club is is well and truly behind the appointment as well. Can't do any harm at all. So there's a lot more positivity about. There's a lot more happiness. There's a lot, you know you go through the message boards. There's not enough. Not enough. There's not. There's not. There's not loads of whinging. Uh, there's just a couple of topics that people are a bit unhappy about. You know, McCarthy getting the contract, and you know, something to do with the uh, the season ticket barcodes. Apparently, it's the worst thing in the world if we have to replace season tickets. Uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, I did have a, a rant that I was going to go on about that, but since we ended up beating Leicester, and I'm too unbelievably happy to do that. So, you know, there's there's things we still got to do as a club. I'm not saying that you know that we're a hundred percent a Premier League club in, in every kind of department but you know we're, we're now in the top 10 we were briefly 8th in the table but um, Spurs Spurs and Arsenal drawing I think in the end uh, meant that we were ninth. Um, and I, I just really I've got to ask uh, ask my panel whether they ever thought 
that we would be in this position when Tony Pulis left two days before Arsenal. Um, we do have hard games coming up. It's, it was important to get points on the board now when we were playing teams that arguably we should be getting points against. But Mr. White, did you ever expect this? I think I think at that point that Pulis left, I, I looked at a, a list of a of a of a bunch of managers that I don't think anybody had their favourite. I don't think anybody said, "Oh, we really want this person." You know, when we got Pulis, we all we all understood the appointment. A lot of people didn't didn't sort of agree with it, but a lot of people yeah. understood it. There was no real manager that stood out on that list that people went, "Well, that makes perfect sense to do that." And you know, not in a horrible way to Neil Warnock. On paper, the appointment is quite. It's strange to say the least, and you know, a lot of teams laughed at us and thought, "Well, that's you know, that's, that's yeah, ridiculous." But yet, you have to think about it. At that point, when I saw that list of managers, I thought this is going to be a very, very, very long hard season. But we recruited really well, um, and Nils come in, and just on that, it's, it's such a shrewd appointment in reality because you know he's so you know he's wise and, and he knows the club and he's not going to change too much and, and things like that it just makes perfect sense we could sit here all night and talk about how it's a how it's a good appointment but at that point you know after that Arsenal game to be honest I didn't feel that downbeat after the Arsenal game I felt gutted but I felt you know we still showed that, that we are a Premier League side but I, d- I didn't think that we'd be unbeaten in, in four uh, up to this point Perhaps more the West Ham game would have been a better <laughs> barometer, really. That was, you know, I have to say after that, I had I had some really big fears. And I I would go as far as saying the opening 20 minutes against Everton was the lowest that I felt. Mm. Because I just thought, we don't look, we don't look anywhere near this level. Um, I think especially after that Burnley game as well, where we yeah, we just yeah. and we couldn't put them away. And that's going to be the difference, isn't it? If you do dominate games like that, and you can't put teams like that away, you know they're going to drag you down with them. And can, um, can you imagine what would have happened if we we did a point uh, we did a point um, Petrescu in the end? It would be a completely <laughs> different story, wouldn't it? So well, think, yes. think about it like this: if we if Friedman had never left, I wonder where we'd be now. It's, there's a lot of there's, a, there's so many what ifs throughout Palace's history. I mean, the the most recent huge what if for me is what if Ben Watson's penalty had gone in? Yeah, at Bristol City. Because all the whole all of that, you know, and we'd oh. we'd gone up all of that. If we'd got promotion that season, Hit the post. We, we wouldn't have wouldn't have you know CPSC twenty ten in charge. Yep. Yeah, you just you just don't. There's so many what ifs in our history. But all, all what I if can, we didn't sign Chef Kikuchi, James Gogoff, <laughs> and Alan Lee? <laughs> <laughs> what if, eh? What if? Oh, Where would dear. we be today? Oh, Where would oh, we I be? We'll have, to, uh, we'll have to do a documentary on that, Alex, and try and work it out. Um, so, yeah, uh, just to round up, uh, the, the, you know, I talk about the positivity, just to round up on that, really, the, the last sort of comments from, I'll give to Patrick, because I'm nice like that. Uh, he says that, you know, have we ever been at the top 10, in, top 10 in any point in our Premier League history? I think we have. I think we were in eighth or ninth at one point in fairly recent times. And our last spell, maybe. I don't know. I could be wrong. Um, he said he really feels uh, feel the additions of, of Kelly, Friars, Campbell, Zaha, MacArthur, and to some extent, Handland, Hangland, have increased our depth and competition and, and made us a better squad. Other players have been pushed to step up in much in the way the additions of Ince, Ledley, and Hennessy did in January last season. Uh, I think that's an excellent observation. I think everyone's still being pushed, but there doesn't seem to be any major negativity and I, I like that the players who miss out particularly you know someone like Bannon I like that it annoys him I like that he wants to be playing and I can't I don't think you can have too many people around like that who, who are desperate to play 
desperate to get on the ball and get in the team. Um, and again, like my one of my uh, things I say the most, I'd probably say, is you can you can't have enough people in the team who want the ball, you know, and are comfortable with it at their feet. And I think we've so all of a sudden got so many more now. You know, we used to be it used to be one or two players we used to look at. We think you can you can give them the ball in any situation and they will they won't lose it. And we've got more now. And the more we can get like that, the, the better. And I think for me, Kelly um, has made a big difference. Yeah, um, I, I think I think over Mariapa, and that's not to to say Mariapa did a bad job. He's not done a bad job at all. But I think Kelly just has a little bit more calm, a little bit more class about him. Um, I think he's perhaps not quite. A stronger defender at right back as Mariapa at times and lacks a bit of his pace. Although once he gets motoring, he's all right. I think maybe it's acceleration rather than pace. But I don't know. Anyway, we've, we I agree with Patrick. We've made some really good signings, and it's a very very happy time to be a Palace fan at the moment. Um, as a to sort of round us off, there's been a few forward reviews. Um, it looks like our producer has written some of them, but just not all of them. There were loads that came in earlier on. Um, he's written Paul Martin, that says outstanding in second half. Stuart Haddock, who is Tony Pulis. Josh Rufus, thoroughly complete team performance. I have to count the words for a second there. Uh, James says missed match, absolutely gutted. <laughs> um, I'm going to really quickly and see if I can think of any more while I'm doing that you guys got any forward reviews you can think of rubbish yep. so you put you under pressure you can't do anything <laughs> Glenn Murray is <laughs> God Glenn scored today didn't he Alex have you seen his goal I haven't no go on talk us through it I, I tweeted it to you okay the ball comes out he picks it up on the edge of the box drops his shoulder this is in the, in the last minute don't forget this drops his shoulder opens up his body from the inside of his boot absolutely lashes it into the top right hand corner and everyone goes ballistic what if everyone. and I know people have criticised me for loving Glenn Murray <laughs> but all, I'm gonna, all I'm going to say is if you're content with replacing Glenn Murray with Kevin Doyle then wow you need a massive massive wow. reality check wow. yeah wow. yeah, you know it is a wow because it is if you're actually content with that that replacement there if I can and find somebody that is you need a good strong Alex, hard look at yourselves Alex, Alex, just, and a glass just of martini <laughs> or something <laughs> glass of martini you're showing your poshness again um, this is exactly why you didn't get this uh, face of Palace you know it's your because <laughs> I'm controversial no and you're just posh mate um, no what it is right Glenn wanted to wanted to play football didn't he we, we yeah, but so does Barry Bannon, but that doesn't mean we get rid of him because he has potential well, actually, to be an important squad player. Did you, did you see yeah. Barry Bannon's reaction on Twitter? Yeah, yeah he wasn't happy, was he? No. But like I said, I was saying earlier, I, I'm, I, I think that's correct. I think it's the correct reaction to not be happy when you're not picked, particularly if you just had a man of the match performance in midweek. You know, you. Yeah, but what, what, what does he expect, though? But what does, I know he expects to start. I can just answer my own question. But. <laughs> um, you know, it, it just it just wouldn't be the same if he if he was in this side. We just we would be vulnerable. Um, as much as I like him, we'd be vulnerable uh, again. You know, in big matches. I don't, so, I, don't know, uh, I don't know what the answer is, but I think he, he's going to be more angry because he had the opportunity. Well, he was. We refused to let him leave, basically, um, to go and play games. So I think if you if you were to ask him, he would say. If he's not going to play at Palace and he's got an opportunity to play elsewhere, he'd rather go and play elsewhere because he just wants to play football. I mean, when we, we spoke to him, you, the guy's football mad, you know, and he doesn't want to be sitting in a, you know, one of the corporate boxes or sitting on the bench. Or, he doesn't want to be doing that every week. He wants to be playing, and I'm it sure, nice, I'm sure he can ra- rationally say, "I understand why I'm not yeah. playing," but at the same time, 
what else he couldn't couldn't have done anything else against Newcastle at all. And Warlock mentioned him post match and said that you know he was he was upset that he had to leave him out, but just felt it was that he needed to give himself a different bench to to you know to all the sort of periods that he envisaged that might happen in that game. He kind of wanted a you know an answer for everything. So it's it's a really difficult situation. But I think obviously. You know, Barry will probably want to go out and get some games, and I think he'll probably get a chance to do that. But we can't send everyone out on loan. That's no. that's the other problem. We need players in case of you know emergencies, or maybe a short-term loan with a recall or something like that. Anyway, I did find some more forward, forward reviews. That I'm going to ring. Uh, Lynn says shock. We won comfortably. Kevin Childs. Anyone eating humble pie? Uh, I think there's a lot of people eating humble pie. Warnock variety. Um, Kevin uh, has said Parish picks perfect Warnock. A bit of alliteration in there. Uh, Bill Rally, Rally, Rally. That's a difficult name to say. Uh, so still writing us off? Question mark. Uh, Luce says stunning second half transformation, and she's correctly hashtagged four word reviews. You should order that. Make it easier for me to search them. That would uh, help. Yeah, it would. Yeah. <laughs> Dave uh, has said Ujoa is something useless, mm. and also bearded beast helps out. I hope he's referring to Jednak and not me. Um, <laughs> Carl Babs Eagles midfield blitz foxes that is a proper headline uh, Crystal Palace Gifts heading in right direction <laughs> Red and Blue Army UK something off Leonardo Ujoa um, there's a theme there isn't there Stephen Ridge MacArthur ran the show James Taylor Ledley plays we win Thomas Flatty well that escalated quickly that <laughs> uh, <clears throat> dark war- warlock empowers King MacArthur I'm going to end on that well done well done, that dog. That is breathtaking. Um, cheers, everyone. Thanks for that. Uh, I think we better end there because it's blooming half past nine. So thank you so much. Next week it will be me, Gel, Patrick, and Jay from the Eaglespeak.com. That'd be good. Great. He's a great guy, just to let everyone know. Oh, there you go. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Hope you're looking forward to it too. So join us next week, 8 p.m. Bye. I'm s- I'm s- I'm s- I'm The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.